0: Welcome to another edition of the now award-winning Empower LA podcast, the podcast where we discuss all things neighborhood councils with the people who live, work, and play in the city of LA. I am your host, Brett Shears, from the Department of Neighborhood Empowerment. Our guest today is Nazario Saceda, outgoing director of the Bureau of Street Services. Throughout his career, Nazario has worked to develop as strong a relationship with the neighborhood councils as anyone out there. And in our conversation, he stresses the important role his agency plays in the everyday lives of Angelenos. What we do um,
1: directly and
0: critically um, impacts
1: the quality of life you know, of the residents and of the city of Los Angeles.
0: How Street Services has evolved in its approach to maintaining our city's infrastructure.
1: We walked away from the one size fits all because we know for a fact that each
0: neighborhood council has a different DNA. And how being active on your neighborhood council can help you improve your community. A lot of neighborhood councils immediately understood that by,
1: through participation, right, they would get a lot of the
0: rewards. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Empower Lay podcast. Why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, uh, and thank you for the
1: invitation. My name is Nasario Sauceda. I'm the Director of the Bureau of Street Services of the Department
0: of Public Works of the City of Los Angeles. All right, Nasario, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, We got a lot to talk about, but before we jump into this, I just want to hear a little bit about your background. You know, you've had a long tenure here with the city. What? Has got you to this point tell me about who you are where you come from and how you got to this point in your career
1: well thank you for uh, number one again for the invitation yes uh, it's been 30 years since i joined uh, the city family and it's been a pleasure a privilege and uh, I'm re- very, very humbled to call myself a, a civil service employee mm-hmm. because um, I, I really enjoy and I'm really passionate about providing services to the residents of this great city. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a very small community of the Imperial Valley in Southern California where the main activity is agriculture. Well, right when I was like 9 or 10 or 11, I didn't see myself as dedicating the rest of my life to Agriculture. Right. So I decided to um, uh, leave uh, my hometown and come to LA to study my undergraduates uh, and uh, subsequently my master's degrees. So I'm a um, I'm alumni uh, I'm an alumni from um, of the uh, Cal State system. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, I have I uh, I hold a um, bachelor's degree in civil engineering, and a master's degree in public administration. And uh, initially, I started working for the private sector. I worked for like three years for a geotechnical firm in the city of Whittier, California. That's before my hometown. I, before, I, uh, before I joined uh, the city of L.A. And of course, I came to the city of L.A. at the entry-level field engineering aid. And subsequently, throughout the years, I had the opportunity to prepare myself and promote Uh, until the point that I got to be the general manager of my organization.
0: Yeah, now you're here, you're at the top, (laughs) Bureau of Street Services. Um, But for the people out there who don't really have a good sense of what the Bureau of Street Services does, how would you describe the work you all do there?
1: Well, uh, the Bureau of Street Services is one of the five bureaus that comprise the Department of Public Works. Uh, Public Works is the third largest department in the city of Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. just behind Uh, LAPD, and the Fire Department. Uh, The five bureaus that comprise uh, public works are the Bureau of Contract Administration, the Bureau of Engineering, the Bureau of Street Lighting, the Bureau of Sanitation, and the Bureau of Street Services. We are responsible for the maintenance and preservation of the majority of the public work uh, elements located within the public right of way sidewalks, underpasses, overpasses, pedestrian tunnels, stairways, trees, streets, you name it. Anything that has um, anything to do with the public right of way in terms of public infrastructure, we maintain it and we preserve it.
0: And you guys really deal with the stuff that touches people's senses, you know? These are the vital things. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Th- but th-
1: That is correct. Uh, what we do um, directly and critically um, impacts the quality of life you know, of the residents and of the city of Los Angeles. That's
0: why we consider our functions of paramount importance. Sure. Uh, you know, we're here at the Department of Neighborhood Empowerment talking about neighborhood councils. You personally have done a lot of work with neighborhood councils over the years. Uh, in fact, you were just honored with uh, a Vanguard Award at the last Empower LA Awards. So congratulations. That honors city employees who have really done a great job connecting with neighborhood councils in service to the system. Um, what was your first experience working with neighborhood councils? You know, the system has started almost 20 years ago now. You've been with the city for a long time. Do you remember that first experience of those first interactions? Y-
1: yes, by all means, Brett. And, and let me say something before I answer that question. Um, um, on behalf of the Bureau, I have received you know numerous uh, certificates, numerous awards. But make no mistake about it, um, when I received the Vanguard um, uh, Award, Uh, it meant a lot to me because Mm. it's coming from people. It's not coming from an organization. It's coming from a person, from individuals, from communities, from neighborhood councils Mm. that appreciate what we do every single day. No, we don't do everything that we would love to do, but that's a different story, right? But in the meantime, receiving this award meant, meant a lot to us because that means that we have... Um, a great connection with the Neighborhood Councils and you use the word connection and that mm-hmm. is real, the real variable beat that exists in the, in the equation that involves Neighborhood Councils and the city, the city agencies. By all means, um, since the um, embryonic phase of the Neighborhood Councils, I've been involved. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. My predecessor, Bill Robertson, was also a, a believer of working with the communities to achieve more. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I became the director of the Bureau of Street Services over a year, eight years ago, it was my goal to meet every single neighborhood council. Mm-hmm. At that time, we had like something like 75 mm-hmm. or so. Previously, I was involved in an effort led by USC, uh, to create an MOU between the neighborhood councils and the Department of Public Works. So I interacted. Uh, at that time, four neighborhood councils were selected. I don't really remember which ones. I think it was North Hollywood, Toluca Lake, uh, Studio City, and the last one, you know, escapes my my mm-hmm. my my mind. But at that time I personally interacted with representatives from each one of the neighborhood councils. And this was a interaction that took place um, during several, several weekends. Um, and as a result of this interaction, we developed a plan, a strategy to work together, to collaborate, to um, help each other to accomplish mutual goals. That was the first time and this was in 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Professor Cooper from USC mm-hmm. was uh, uh, the professor leading this effort. Subsequently, like I mentioned before, I took the time to meet with every neighborhood council. I, I went to every neighborhood council and I told them the story of the Bureau. What we can do, what we don't do not have the ability to provide at this point. You gotta understand that in 2007, 2008, 2009, 10 years ago, that's when the financial crisis hit right. LA. Right. Uh, the bureau got devastated, losing approximately 40% of wow. its employees, right? Wow. So, But still the expectations to fix sidewalk trees, um uh streets was there those don't go away right they don't go away you're right so subsequently it was my goal to engage neighborhood councils i told them that and i convinced them that um that if they participated you know they would get the rewards Mm -hmm. and what do i mean with that i invited them to be honorary employees of the Bureau of Street Services. No one knows their streets, their sidewalks, and their trees better than the residents. So if you know the condition, if you see something, don't ignore it, report it. Uh, understandably, some people were very um, skeptic. They didn't say, well, that's not gonna happen. That's not the way government works. And I told them, try me, try me. And as a result, a lot of neighborhood councils immediately understood that by through participation, Right, they would get a lot of the rewards. Um, I remember vividly um, having interactions uh, and conversations with Jill Barat, you know, from the Sherman, Sherman Oaks um, mm-hmm. uh, Neighborhood Council, and she was the first one that took this this um, this opportunity, and subsequently, um, she took the opportunity of using the bureau as a mechanism to get more services. Right. Um, as a result of my interaction with the neighborhood councils. Uh, we created a program in the bureau called um, City Services, where neighborhood councils could hire the bureau to do work—work work that we couldn't do during the week because we had an extensive backlog. We could do this work during the weekend, so neighborhood councils could could uh, rent a um, tree-trimming crew, a pothole crew, a, mm-hmm. a crew, a sweeper. Um, um, we could perform cleaning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So right from the beginning, our interaction with neighborhood councils has been, you know, tremendous. You know, ne- we never vacillated about seeing neighborhood councils as an opportunity, as a tool to accomplish more with less.
0: So you have you've had all these interactions, and it, this sounds great. How would you characterize, you know? either the relationship or the system, the activity that you've seen from neighborhood council? What what, what do they make, what images do they conjure up? What kind of, you know? Ideas? That is that is an excellent que- question,
1: Brett, simply because LA is so big, right. right? We cover approximately 475 square miles and the demographics in LA are different, right? Um, trust me, um, the DNA in the palaces is totally different than the DNA in Pacoima. Mm -hmm. I mean, the demographics in Wilmington are different than the demographics in the West Valley. Mm -hmm. Let alone, you know, that the needs of the neighborhoods are different as well. For some neighborhoods, illegal dumping could be a quality of life issue that is crucial, that is critical, right? But for other neighborhoods, street trimming could be um, the, the crucial issue, right? So it was this precisely was one of the reasons why I wanted to meet each one of the neighborhood councils to fully understand the individual needs of each one of the different neighborhood councils. This way I could customize you know, my services, the amount of services that I had, I could customize, this, customize them and put together a strategy that would be more dynamic than just a static um, strategy. Uh, for example, Um, If I know that tree trimming is critical in a certain area, I would put more resources in that particular area than in other areas where tree trimming was not that critical, right? Mm -hmm. So using a dynamic approach allowed the Bureau of Street Services to do more with less and to satisfy the needs of the individual neighborhood councils. We walked away from the one-size-fits-all. Because we know for a fact that Mm -hmm. each neighborhood council has a different DNA.
0: That's right. And I mean, it sounds to me, for the people who don't know, don't understand the relevance of the neighborhood council system, is that you really are looking to them for a lot of this insight about what you're talking about, the needs of the neighborhood, the identity of it, the actual uh, DNA that we're talking about. So, you know, for those people who aren't involved in the system, they are missing this amazing opportunity to talk about. The one of the direct and most important providers of this highly visible service. So I, I I thank you for engaging the neighborhood council system in that. Um, you talked about all these experiences. Was there in, in addition to you know the first interactions that you had, is there any particular m- memorable experience that sticks out? With neighborhood councils. Well, uh, more than anything, I, I always
1: I don't I don't um tend to um uh, put a lot of value once again on on certain things. What I value is the personal touch, mm. the personal interaction. I have developed, uh, uh, I think among all the great successes, the stories that we have uh, as a result of this interaction with the neighborhood councils, is that I think the one that I'm gonna take with me when I when I retire is that I created lifetime uh, friendships, mm. you know, with the neighborhood councils. I mean, they, they I, I had the the opportunity to meet a lot of fantastic wonderful people that care and people that are extremely passionate about you know improving not moving but improving their neighborhoods right and 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 when you think when when you think about it these are individuals that have daytime jobs like everyone else but at night they're strategizing they're talking about ways to get their neighborhoods to be better to be cleaner to be more livable, to be more accessible, right? And I value that a lot because um, uh, for me, it means that this group of people, those people that are engaged, really want the best for their community. So uh, in meeting with them, in understanding their predicaments, their challenges, um, we got to understand each other very, very well. And that created a bond that will will last uh, a lifetime.
0: For many stakeholders in the city, Whether they live here, work here, or travel to Los Angeles, the quality of our streets seems to have a very, you know, visceral relationship to the quality of life. People use that term so, you know, commonly now, quality of life. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's a fair way to think about things? Meaning, when you talk about the state of our streets, the state of, you know, the visual public elements in our city, should that be so directly related to quality of life is is that a fair way to think about it I strongly
1: believe that the condition of the infrastructure directly impacts the quality of life of um, the residents of any city Mm -hmm. not only the city of Los Angeles Um, the statement that you just made uh, Brett uh, applies to every resident of every city in this great nation Mm -hmm. and I've had the opportunity to visit a lot of cities around the world. Right. And, and trust me, when I speak to my colleagues in different cities, London, Paris, Mexico City, uh, Santiago de Chile, et cetera, et cetera, um, we all agree on, on the statement that w- you just made. Mm-hmm. Um, residents feel that one of their main uh, services should always be you know, um, street repair. Mm-hmm. right? And, and understandably, um, I feel exactly the, the same way. Now, in terms of streets in L.A., We need to understand first the magnitude of the challenge that we have in L.A. We have approximately 28,000 lane miles of streets in L.A. All right, Brett. The
0: math doesn't add up. How does that, you you said we have four, I just. 28,000,
1: you may say, well, what's that, Brett? I mean,
0: you're you're not, I
1: cannot visualize 28,000. Well, I'm going (laughs) to give you an analogy. 28,000 lane miles is equivalent to a 10-lane freeway between L.A. and New York. Mm -hmm. And that is equivalent to a two-lane freeway between LA and Paris France. So think about the magnitude of our street network. And when you think sometimes about especially during the uh, the years of recession, we had maybe 12, 13, 14 pothole trucks. Now, try to place those 14 pothole trucks between here and Paris
0: France. Do you <laughs> think that we had enough pothole trucks I, to fix the streets? I bet you wish it could be one direct line of streets or two direct lines because that would make your job a lot easier.
1: <laughs> But but most recently, again, um, uh, and under the current administration, our mayor gave us the ability to rehire again. So we are building up our, our uh, teams. We're getting more people. Um, but at the same time, we're using technologies now. We forgot. We basically decided not to use pencil and paper anymore, um, all our pothole trucks. Trucks are equipped with the most um, uh, advanced technologies: GPS system, tablets. Mm-hmm. So immediately, as the as the uh, the uh, pothole trucks go to places, they automatically refresh refresh the uh, the screen. They look for the nearest uh, possible pothole. Sometimes they may be fixing a location. You know, um, right now I'm going to say at 115, and a new request comes at one sixteen. So by the time they're done with the uh, with the uh, location where they're working, uh, the new the new request may show up on the screen, and they can go to that location and repair that location within a matter of minutes or hours. Um, going back to the condition of the streets, uh, I know it is it is um, it is hard to believe, but the streets in LA are getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. Every three years, the Bureau of Street Services releases a study that is called, the state of the streets in Los Angeles every three years. Uh, our most recent uh, recent study was completed in 2018. And um, um, we can tell you right now that 55% of the street network is in good condition. 20% is in fair condition. And 25% is in poor condition. Mm-hmm. So only one quarter of the street system is in poor condition. But when you think about one quarter of 28,000 lane miles, it's equivalent to the city of Burbank. Mm -hmm. So we have, in terms of bad streets, something as big as the city of Burbank or the city of Glendale, right? Mm -hmm. Because our street system is so big. But what this means also, I, I, I I tend to look at the positive side. For every 10 streets you see in a neighborhood, right? you're gonna find eight that are in fair to good condition and two that are in poor condition. So um, one of the biggest challenges that we have in LA is concrete streets, Mm -hmm. right? Concrete streets are streets that are extremely old, right? And uh, we don't have the capacity uh, nor um, the ability to reconstruct the streets. So unfortunately, those are the streets that are in terrible condition they represent a lot of the twenty five percent because to date we still don't have the additional funding to address concrete streets we've been working very closely with quite a few council members and the mayor's office and we're trying to secure some some funding this year to start addressing concrete streets but overall um, um, the streets are in good shape now I invite you Brett on our on our um, um, website we have We were the first municipality in the nation that was transparent, accountable, and crystal clear to its um, um, uh, neighborhood councils. We were the first municipality in the nation to post the condition of every single block in LA, mm-hmm. there is an interactive map, map right there that if you go, you can enter your your address, you can enter, or you can see the big map of the city of right. LA and zoom with in wherever each, you want. With, with each one of the 70,000 city blocks that we have in LA, mm-hmm. and we'll tell you the condition of the streets. So we were the first municipality in the nation and arguably in the world that, given the size of our network, took you know, the opportunity to be clear and transparent, right, to our residents. There's nothing for us to hide. The streets are getting better, but it takes time to improve the streets in LA.
0: And and on that point about that transparency and being able to see it, you know, one of the follow-up questions I have to that visceral reaction we have, does it change the urgency with which you address these You know, like a particular case or the whole network, the network as a whole, because people have that visceral reaction to to the street services. And if they see the map and they see in their community that there's a lot of red how does it inform your work? How does it, you know, inform your work, maybe your relationship or priority with the mayor and city council? Is, is there something there to, you know, yes. the urgency?
1: Yes. And that is an excellent point, uh, Brett, because one thing I do with the neighborhood councils, I invite them to strategize with my staff, right? So we determine, you know, it, 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 needless to say, it is impossible to fix all the streets in one year, mm-hmm. right? So it takes years of you know uh, working certain streets right in order to complete a grid a big grid within the neighborhood council, but you have to understand that neighborhood councils are the smallest um, area in terms of um, 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 jurisdiction jurisdiction within you know the city of l a you got of course you know um, areas you got um Neighborhood councils, right? And neighborhood councils, you know, are, are part of council districts, right? Mm-hmm. So, one of our strategies to ensure equity within the city of LA is to ensure that every council district, you know, represents or has what we call a pavement condition index. Pavement condition index, or better known in the world as PCI, it's the unit used by great municipalities, big municipalities, right, to determine what is the condition of the streets. If a PCI is 100, that's because we just paved the street right. and obviously is the best score. Mm-hmm. If it's zero, it's because the street is probably... May is is dust right now. Right, <laughs> thankfully there aren't yeah. many. Yeah, we okay. don't have any, any zeros, uh, any but zeros but in LA. There's Some
0: bad ones. But but
1: uh, what we do in case in case um, uh, someone needs to know, uh, we have we posted our our state of the streets report on our website bss.lacity.org, right, and then you can read the report. Our average condition in LA is sixty eight, which is Six points higher than when we were in 2008 and 2009. Mm-hmm. So in the last ten years, we have increased, you know, the pavement condition right. in the city in the in the city of LA. The majority of the municipalities in the state of California during the same time lost PCI. Yeah. So um, I got every municipality in the nation, every municipality in the state and the Foundation for Pavement Preservation, which by the way, gave the Bureau of Street Services an award two years ago as you know, uh, having the best pavement preservation program in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not saying we have the best streets, no. But we have the best system. We have a good strategy, right? And it takes time to get to where we need to be. And right. it takes funding as well. But going back to the um, condition of the streets and the term equity, we make sure that all 15 council offices have a similar PCI. And that c- PCI needs to be similar to the average of the city. Mm-hmm. So if the city's average is 68, every council district from one through 15, their average PCI is in the neighborhood of 68. Could be a little higher, 69, could be a little lower, 67. But technically the difference between, between one or two points of PCI is, is, is very minimal right? So that is a way to provide equity. So when people say, oh, the streets in certain part of the city are better than, no, that's that's incorrect. That's right. a perception. Mm-hmm. And we understand that perhaps certain areas of that particular council district may be in state of disrepair. We get it. But overall, the average condition of each council district in LA is very similar. They're all in the neighborhood of 68.
0: All right. So we've talked a lot about uh, the neighborhood level perspective. Um, is, is there anything in particular, any programs or things that you are doing, or you know, philosophies that you're doing to engage the neighborhood council at that level? Um, whether it's the neighborhood councils themselves or just the communities in that those areas.
1: Yes, that's that's a, that's a an effort that should never end. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel very very happy and very proud and very honored to. Um, create a great relationship with the neighborhood councils right but i'm not going to be here forever um and i assume that the neighborhood council members will not be there forever as well right Right. so this relationship this this friendship this collaborative effort um needs to be sustainable right and I, i really hope that neighborhood councils um as part of, you know, their transition periods, they uh, instill the idea on the new members that um, they need to feel that we can work with them, they can work with us, and maintain this great relationship that that we have i personally have done the same thing with my with my assistant directors they fully understand the importance of having a great relationship with neighborhood councils that's good to hear. but good they, to but hear. they embrace yeah. it as well mm-hmm. because we know for a fact that when you are engaged you become our best engineers out there i mean uh, when when you are um uh, involved um we um we create a synergy that delivers more than what is expected. So I really would like to emphasize the fact that um, in addition to all the work that we've done that took us to where we are right now, I think um, we need to continue this effort because the success that we have accomplished um, um, will not mean a lot if, um, if in the next four or five years or six years, uh, we lose this, this great uh, great relationship that we have.
0: Right, um, we've talked a little bit about this, but you at the BSS have overseen a vast expansion of the way the department uses and really transmits this data. You talked about the, the index that shows the condition of the streets across the city, the first city in the world, or, or, you know, it's certainly the nation, probably the world to show the condition of all the streets. Um, what have we learned about our streets and uh, the neighborhoods and since this d- effort to really use data like this has begun? You
1: know, data has been always, has been always a, a very important component of um, um, of the way we operate, right? I mean, we embraced um, um, performance stats way before performance stats were a, a uh, was a, a trendy word. Um, uh, we've had always, you know, a way to measure our, Uh, Three most important values in our mission. The mission of the Bureau of Street Services is to provide quality street services in a timely and efficient manner. Mm -hmm. So the three values that are intrinsic to our mission are quality, timeliness, and efficiency. So we measure quality through very uh, rigorous quality control um, methodologies, right? And all that information is being tracked, is being um, uh, quantified, and most importantly, is being analyzed to improve quality. So there's an effort of continuous improvement in terms of quality in the Bureau of Street Services. Same thing for efficiency. We want to make sure that as we use um, the taxpayers' dollars, you know, the taxpayers feel that we're maximizing, optimizing every single penny that we get. Therefore, we... um, Um, critically and very closely analyze, you know, how we spend the money. Mm -hmm. Are these the best resources available to us? We look for the most um, uh, um, sustainable and green uh, equipment in the nation because for us, protecting the environment is a way to being being efficient. It's not just about money. It's about the quality of the air. You cannot Mm -hmm. buy good air. Right. Right. So in in, in investing in equipment that reduces emissions, uh, protects the quality of our air and the water, uh, we are being efficient as well. So we have all these measures to determine uh, if efficiency is a word that um, uh, for which we're being responsible. And lastly, of course, uh, timeliness. Um, It doesn't matter how good you do it and how efficient if you don't do it quickly enough. Right. Residents understandably have an expectation. Right. And they don't like to wait six months, one mm-hmm. year or mm-hmm. something like that to get it done. And in that respect, this is where if there is a variable where neighborhood councils are extremely vital, crucial, it's basically the word. Timeliness, because just let me give an example, Brett. Um, I don't have enough eyes out there to inspect each one of the 28,000 lane miles every single day, mm-hmm. right? So if a, all of, if a resident all of a sudden discovers a pothole in front of his or her house, I mean, they can do several things. They can uh, wait for my supervisor to find it, right? They can wait a week, two weeks, a month. Six months, or they can get involved, right? Call 311 or use the 311 app, mm-hmm. and within two days, that pothole is going to be fixed. So, again, in terms of timeliness, if the neighborhood councils get involved, timeliness is one of my most important variables and one of the most uh, um,
0: where I can get the majority of success. And you, you just anticipated my next next question. It was really how can neighborhood council people interact with this data process? They are all data points. They are mm-hmm. the people who provide you this information. And I, we cannot stress this enough. In my area that I serviced in South L.A., uh, Marquise Harris Dawson is the councilman. He has done such an incredible job of getting that point across to people that they are all data points. And uh, I have to say that you all have done exactly what I think is intended it, it's kind of it was a hypothesis that if you put more data into the system this three one one system, you would get more responsiveness and I think that's exactly what happened so I cannot underscore that point enough and 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 certainly i
1: mean it's 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 one of those things that have become some kind of, uh, of a mantra in w- within the bureau. We really want to be responsive right mm-hmm. because um um Uh, there's an expectation either I mean we could be sweeping a street we could be trimming trees we could be paving a uh, a street we could be fixing a sidewalk at the end of the day timeliness is critical and and it is as critical as quality and and efficiency Um, once again um, um, the use of data has made the Bureau very very unique our mayor uses a lot of our our um, data in uh, in different portals that are um, um, uh, presented throughout the city, right? right. The controller the, the uses, open uses our, portals, yeah, the open yeah. data portals, mm-hmm. and uh, that data means a lot to to the residents of the city of LA. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I get a lot of calls from students, right, from local universities who went sure. to the website. They're trying to understand how to use the data. I do have a lot of interns I, I give, um, um, uh, students a lot of opportunities you probably know Brett that I'm a part-time professor as well mm-hmm. so um, um, I enjoy working with students because they, they bring new ideas you know people like me are older with all old ideas <laughs> and students bring new ideas create more more creative ideas different views right and I like to invite them to participate and see our data and let us know what is what you, they see, because they see things that we don't see, right. Right? right? So I, my data is open to everyone, and every once in a while, you know, inevitably once a week, I get a call from a student from UCLA, from Cal State, from USC, and they question my data. And they, what are you seeing there? And then as I or my staff um. um Completes the conversation with them. You know, we get to see what they're seeing, and mm-hmm. then we get to get better every single day.
0: And we talked about um, some of the things that that can be done. But is there anything that you would focus in on? Some tangible things neighborhood councils can do to really support this work of the Bureau of Street Services of the people that you've been working with for so many years now? What what's one of the top things? We mentioned some of them, but well, uh, again, it, it's it's. Creating the idea, instilling the idea
1: on kids, on young men, young women, um, that um, the neighborhood can get better if they get involved, mm-hmm. right? For me, that, that's critical. I think the days when people um, could expect the government is going to do everything, I think those days are over, mm-hmm. right? Let's be realistic. I think all of us comprise government. Residents, I'm a resident as well, mm-hmm. right? I am a resident, and 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 I do my part as well. So being part of it, that's why neighborhood councils, you know, are, are so important, because you have been empowered as a neighborhood to make decisions, you know, to have a voice, right? And that voice needs to be heard, and 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 it's being heard by general managers, by elected officials, by appointed officials, right? But you need to keep the flame. Um, that needs to exist within within the neighborhood council. You cannot be an object that needs a force to be moved. No, no, you need to create your own synergy. You need to create your own energy to move, right? Because all of a sudden, if you're just expecting um, government to, to tell you what to do and how to do it, all of a sudden is no longer you making the decisions. And that's the purpose of empowerment. I'm not going to say that everything has been perfect with neighborhood councils, Brett, right? because years ago i had to interact with a lot of neighborhood councils that were not well organized Mm -hmm. and i know there's a handful somewhere Mm -hmm. that are not well organized and they're losing track of what a neighborhood council should be you know and the vision of the neighborhood council understanding the priorities of the neighborhood how to get to those priorities how to understand um, uh, the mechanisms that are in place in the city of LA for them to accomplish their goals, how to work with their elected officials, and and that's I think where where neighborhood councils can grow in exponential proportions. You know, the more you understand the system, the more opportunities you're going to have.
0: Sorry, you sound like a man who knows the system so well. Are you going to run for a neighborhood council seat in your retirement?
1: <laughs> well, not really. I may join one, you know, but uh, that's if I have the time between between travelings and doing other things. Okay,
0: well, I hope you you use your time well. I know you will. Um, So one of the last questions we always ask of our guests, and you mentioned it just briefly now, but we are the Department of Neighborhood Empowerment. What does that word empowerment mean to you?
1: Empowerment means a lot to me. Uh, It's the opportunity for an individual, a group of individuals, you know, or a city to Think, you know, you have been empowered to think first, right? To strategize, to take action, and to lead, you know, to lead the city. Because um, uh, empowerment is not just um, only about giving you the opportunity to make decisions, but it's also an opportunity to make you accountable for those decisions. I remember vividly under Mayor uh, James Hahn, um Mayor James Hahn gave each neighborhood council $100,000 so they could pick streets to be paved. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if you remember that, Bert. No, I don't, you know? but that sounds... And, and, and that was an opportunity to give neighborhood councils the oppor- uh, the chance to determine which streets that they were they, they wanted in their neighborhoods to be resurfaced or slurry sealed, right? So the interesting part is that the well-organized neighborhoods worked very well with the bureau. Okay, Nazario, show me the other streets you're doing in my neighborhood. We're gonna put together grids. We're gonna work very well. And 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 we spend their money, The $100,000. In reality, $100,000 is not a lot, mm-hmm. but it's the opportunity for you as a neighborhood council to make decisions, right? So it was very successful in 50% of the neighborhood councils. The other neighborhood councils you know, couldn't decide And for the first time, they felt my predicament. They felt my dilemma. Not having enough money to do it all. You don't have unlimited resources? Exactly. And exactly. So all of a sudden they realize wow, how difficult it is for poor Nazario Mm -hmm. and street services (laughs) to select streets when you don't have enough money to pave all ten. You only have enough money to pay three. Mm -hmm. So three of your kids are gonna be happy, seven will be unhappy, right? So that was a great opportunity for them to realize that um, um, the system provides an opportunity for them to think, strategize, and work with the uh, different agencies. I'm not the only agency. Of course, there are other agencies that are more important, perhaps the street services, LAPD, fire department. And of course, um, uh, the opportunity for neighborhood councils to create specific strategic plans with each different city department is there. Use that power, you know, develop that power make those decisions, and make people accountable. Make general managers accountable.
0: I want to thank you so much for all the time that you've given us today. Uh, before we go, did you have any final thoughts? Did you, anything you wanted to plug? You talked about the website. You talked about the the concrete index, I mean the, the pavement index, uh, condition index. Anything like that? Any?
1: Yes, uh, by all means. Uh, once again, I want to thank you, Brett, for the opportunity to to talk to um to you and and in a way to all the neighborhood councils. Um, again, it's been a privilege and honor, you know, um, uh, to work um, for the City of Los Angeles, the greatest city in the world, and uh, more than anything to provide services to the residents of um, of, of our city. Um, I know the residents are unique in every corner of the city. Each one has different uh, needs, but at the same time, uh, make no mistake about it. You know what we have. It's, um, it's an opportunity here to uh, work together and to develop plans, develop strategic plans, look for ways to fund them, right? Set targets, goals, trajectories, and in the end, accomplish those goals to, um, to create successes throughout the city. And these successes, once again, not, don't need to be temporary, they must be permanent.
0: Okay, thank you for those final thoughts. I wish I had another Vanguard cool award to give you just for this conversation, but thank you so much. Uh, Thank you you so much, Brett. We'll see you around. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Empower LA podcast. As always, you can learn more about the Neighborhood Council system at empowerla.org or you can find information about all the neighborhood councils that make the city of LA a better place. You can also check out our show notes for the episode if you wanna learn a bit more about Nassario and the Bureau of Street Services. The Empower LA podcast is available in a variety of formats for all your listening needs. If you are so inclined, please leave us a review so we can get the word out about neighborhood councils. Thank you for your support.